There's a quote that says, trauma breeds success. It's something that can make or break you. Is there any trauma in your life that helped you get to where you are now? Countless, countless times. Past, ever since I was like 15, 16. That's where I started getting into this. And then I just tried everything, man. I tried logo design, freelancing, reselling clothes in real life. Tried to run an agency myself, uh, that didn't work out. I was expected to go to lectures. I was expected to study, right? And I did do all that. I knew it wasn't for me and I decided to drop out. Plus the fact I didn't have anything to show for it. So then when I told my parents, obviously they weren't happy with constant disagreement. You know, I had this at a friend group. They decided to leave. These were like my only friends. What is your definition of success? Success. Um. Matt. There's a quote that says, trauma breeds success. I think of that in the sense of trauma being difficult things that maybe most people don't go through. I see it as it's something that can make or break you in the sense that there are people who face trauma and become victims for life, victimizing themselves and, you know, go down that rabbit hole. And there are people that take that trauma and use it to develop is there any trauma in your life that helped you get to where you are now countless countless times obviously it's to varying degrees but uh the one that sticks out the most was not even that long ago when i was still living with parents well actually let's take it back a bit further so i've been i've been one of those people who've been you know, trying every and every, any and every business opportunity under the sun, bro. Like past ever since I was like 15, 16, when I was in secondary school or middle school, that what they call it in the rest of the world. That's where I started getting into this. And then I just tried everything, man. I tried, you know, from logo design on Fiverr, trying to sell those, um, freelancing also on Fiverr, reselling clothes in real life, tried to run an agency myself. Uh, that didn't work out. But clearly, like, you've been able to make it work out. So I've been just, just been trying all these different stuff. And then the one I landed on. So before I get into that, actually, from middle school, went to high school, trying to figure something out, see what pops off. Wasn't really getting anywhere. And then when I got into university, my first year, I got into university and I kind of just did it because, you know, parents are like expectations. You know how Asian parents are? They... They want you to go to university. They want you to do the traditional route. So that's what I did. Did it for the first year. Realized it wasn't for me. You know, I, I'll give it credit. It, it, it's helped me in various, in various ways. Like I've gone to meet some really cool people. I've enjoyed my time. I've tried to make the most of my time there, for sure. And I've used that space. So here's another thing. Like I've used that space as well, away from the, from the house to try and, again, build a business, try and figure something out, make something work. Unfortunately, during the, that first year, you know, I was just, um, I was expected to go to lectures, I was expected to study, right? And I did do all that. But most importantly, my time was spent on trying to figure out how to get this shit off the ground. 
So, yeah. So at that point, I went from agency to trying to run a coaching business, trying to help other coaches scale, so like a coach's coach. That didn't work out. <laughs> However, that's when I was learning. That gave me an opportunity to learn the skills. However, you know, time wasn't on my side. So during that first year, I was trying to figure it all out. By the time it was around May, June, when it was the end of the first year, I knew it wasn't for me and I decided to drop out. So then when I told my parents, obviously they weren't happy with it. Plus the fact I didn't have anything to show for it. If I had something to show for it, if I had signed a few clients and like, hey, look, I need this much. And, right. If I did that, then maybe it would be more forgiving. But after first year, when I decided to drop out, when I decided to make that bold decision, they weren't the happiest. I had to move back home with them. And then, yeah, it was just constant disagreements. It was constant, um, you know, butting heads. When are you going to get a job or are you considering going back to uni? Right. So that's what I had to endure for the, the next nine months, dude, the next nine months under their roof. And I couldn't do anything about it. And then luckily around say October, November, that's when I, you know, I put the coaching business on hold and then I decided, you know what, at least from that experience, right? Cause I like to be an optimist sometimes. So at least from that experience, I learned the skills. I learned how to appointment set. I learned how to market. I learned how to sell a bit as well. I learned how to deliver client results. Right. But then at that time, okay, it wasn't working out. What should I do next? So appointment setting and high ticket closing started popping up. It got very popular. So, and it made sense. So at that point, I was just like, okay, why don't, instead of trying to wear different hats at once, and clearly it hasn't been working, why don't I just focus on one hat and go all in on it, master it, and then we'll go from there, right? So that was the point, that was the pivot I made. One of my friends, I decided to start working with him. And uh, yeah, it's, ever since then, that was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my, in my business career and life. I got into appointment setting, started setting for him. He had a solid uh, offer, solid uh, lead generation, solid case studies. And then we'll get into this later, obviously. But um, everything just started to work out from there, dude. I just focused on one thing, just put all my time and effort into it. And then before you know it, like I've been able to turn it all around. You know, as you probably saw, went to Thailand, started traveling, traveling around, you know, still trying to work on the business. But yeah, it's it's... Without that trauma, I wouldn't be here speaking with you today, Anwar. So that's, I think that's the best way to answer your question. So where did that initial desire come from? Where did that desire to build something for yourself, to make your own life, to, you know, start your own business, get into sales, start making money online. Where did that come from? I'll tell you what, it wasn't the best source initially. It, it wasn't, trust me. So again, taking it back to middle school and high school. Uh, and even before that too, I, you know, I moved around a lot. I moved schools a lot, found it kind of difficult to make friends. And I always thought myself like an introvert. So when I, when I was there in middle school, you know, I had this, had a friend group. I made friends there luckily. And then, you know, it was getting, it was going great. And then one day just decided to, you know, stop associating with me. Right. And that hit me deep. Again, because like I found, I, I always thought of myself as someone who's hard to make friends, wasn't a people's person, right? So these were like my only friends. They decided to leave, 
Um, I have no animosity to them now. It's been a while, but I think that's what's kickstarted it, man, is a desire to prove them wrong. And it's not always been like, oh, I want to change the world. It doesn't usually start out that way. That didn't start out that way for me. It's just, it just evolves over time, you know, your, your reasons to do it. Because, yeah, cool. You prove them wrong. You go on a bit of success. Yeah, well, success is subjective. But you go on a bit of success now. You're doing well. Well, now what? Okay, you prove them wrong. Cool. What does that turn into now? So I guess now it's just me trying to... Hmm. I guess now it's just me trying to, you know, document the journey, trying to document the journey and then help people along the way with it while also doing cool stuff like in life too. I think that's like, it's like an amalgamation of, of all those stuff. But uh, yeah, it, it, that's where it stemmed from, man. It was just uh, trying to prove these people wrong. Um, and then that, that was the fire that lit me. And then we just went from there. So whenever I think of like that type of prove them wrong, get to this goal, because you always see these videos and these, you know, TikToks, Instagram reels, YouTube videos of, you know, UFC fighters who they want the title, they want to prove everyone wrong. And then when they win the title, when they win that championship, they just start crying and be like, well, they don't have any use anymore. So what do you think happens after you reach that stage, after you do prove them wrong? What, where do you go from there? Hmm, that's it. Well, that's a good question, dude. That's a good question. I don't know what, like, we can go back and forth on this. You could, uh, you know, tell me, because we've just been connected on IG for a while. And then, like, I'd love to know more about your site as well. So, yeah, I'd love to, to know more about that, what got you started in it. But pretty much where you go from there, from my experience. So, it just, I don't know. It's just, uh, you, I think you get into the game, you get your foot in the door. And then, yeah, you have that motivation to prove people wrong. And it wasn't just friends, too. It was, like, certain family. So you get in the game, you put some time into it, and then you realize, okay, you actually have, you find, you actually find a love in this game. You, well, it's not the prettiest sometimes. It's kind of boring, you know. It's, for example, running an agency. Most of the time, it's just doing outreach, just trying to get on calls with potential clients, help your clients out, right? So it's not the flashiest thing that most people uh, paint it out to be. But, uh you develop some sort of affinity to, to those things. You, you develop a passion, not, I don't know if passion is the right word, but you, it just becomes like a part of you now. You wake up in the morning and you don't even have to think twice about, oh, should I do this or not? You just, you just do it. So I think that's where it evolved, bro. I think that's, that's where it evolved. You start getting in the game, you learn new things, you see yourself improving, you come across like, like you said, trauma, setbacks, but then you overcome them and that's what makes it so addictive. That's why you stay in the game. And then I think that's why people stay in the game like longer than others. I completely agree. Bro. I completely agree. Cause it's like the way I see it, even how I would, I would actually answer the same question in the same way that you did, because I think of it like, I also, I wouldn't say I was, I got into business because I was proving anyone wrong, but it would, it was definitely fuel for the fire i think the fire was already there but it would just fuel it i want to prove people wrong you know secondary school i want to be the best i always had that competitive nature that i want to be the best i want to be better and i wanted to just prove to everyone i don't know maybe it does tie down to some insecurity from childhood i'm not sure haven't thought of that but 
there was that part of I want to be better. I want to show everyone that, you know, prove them wrong in some way. Like I'm this big, big thing. And then I think when I eventually did, I did find love for the game. Like I did find love in business. I found out I love doing business. I like running business. I like entrepreneurial thing. I just like this thing. Like, even when I talk to other people, I'm like, this is what I want to do with my time. I don't want to go watch a movie. I don't want to, like, I don't mind those things, but I'm much happier. I much prefer to just sit down and do work because I just love this game. I love doing this. Yeah. 100%. I have to agree with you there, dude. It's like, yeah, go enjoy yourself. We're not robots at the end of the day. Um, I'll go out. I'll you know, watch a movie, do some sort of BS. But apart from that, it always seems to call back to you. You always seems to, it always seems to call your name again at some point and you just get back into it and then, hey, presto, you just signed a new client. Hey, presto, you, your client's crushing it. And then again, that's that dopamine hit. That's the fulfillment that happens and that's what keeps you locked in. I think where most people go wrong is they go too far in one end and then they neglect the other end. They fill one bucket and they don't fill the other buckets in life. That's what, now, I'm in a community and then there's like a guy in there who, you know, he's killing it. He, I don't know how much he makes at this point, but he's uh, big in crypto. And one of the things he put in the group chat was very, uh, it resonated with me. It was like, okay, you're burnt out because you're, you're filling one bucket, but you're not, you're neglecting the other buckets in life. So if you just try to fill all the buckets at once and keep them, you know, it's a balance. It's like a balancing well, It's a balancing act. But if you just fill all the buckets in life, what you find is you're not. It's not actually taken away from your performance. It's not actually taken away from your fulfillment and your, you know, your success, so to speak. Actually helps it. Actually does help it. So, like to make it more, bring it back down to earth. Get in the gym. Stay healthy. Do martial arts, for example. You know, run your business. Stay focused on that. Read books. Educate yourself. Spend time with family, spend time with friends. Yeah, and then if you're spiritual, if you believe in God, then devote your time to God. And then yeah, you're, you're filling all the buckets there and then you're going to find that you're just in this flow state. You're going to find that everything just feels a lot easier and you get a lot more pleasure out of it as opposed to trying to over your, overwork yourself in one bucket and then neglecting all the other ones. That's just at least what I found. Because I've tried, I've, I've tried both, trust me. There was a time when, so when I was in uni, Business was just on my mind. Business, going to the gym, and then that was it. But I neglected all the other buckets. My relationship with my family at the time wasn't the greatest. And I wasn't really, I don't want to say I was atheist, but I, I didn't really, didn't really, I kind of strayed away from, from that, you know? So only until recently when I started trying to fill all the buckets, then you know, things just got easier, things just got more fulfilling. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was listening to a podcast uh, Ty Lopez podcast with client attention and he was talking about the same thing he was saying in life most people make the mistake of just going business financial and they get this kind of distorted life where their finances are great and then everything else is shit and that messes them up like you have to balance it you have to grow your social life has to be increasing your fitness has to be increasing your spirituality your 
finances, like everything has to be building at the same time. You can't just leave one peak. And I think that also ties into what it was like before with like, all right, where next? Because it's like, if your finances are at the peak, if your career, if your business, whatever is at like the peak and it's, you know, up there when you've won the championship, when you've won the title and you're like, what next? It's what next because you re- you're at the top of this mountain and you realize that all the other parts of your life are down here. It's how you do one thing, it's how you do everything. I'm a big believer of that. Yeah, it's actually like that quote, I, I like it from Da Vinci. It was like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. How you, you know, treat your friends is the same way that you treat this, is the same way you treat this, is the same way you do this. So therefore, you know, it may be some people will say, no, but you know, you treat your family different from how you treat, you know, strangers. But there are things that are tied in. There are things that are connected. I do feel everything in life is connected. Everything in life does somehow connect. It doesn't have to be a strong link, but there is a weak link between how you do everything. And so doing everything becomes like a hygiene standard, doing everything well and keeping everything at a certain standard. That's what it, that's what it is. It's standards. The standards in uh, all areas of life. I'm gonna get this from Sam Alvins, but uh, and people would know this. But he always preaches how you don't set goals. You don't try to aspire to reach your highest goals. You just aspire to keep your lowest standards. So people they, they walk around. They have, have these aspirations, but what they, what happens if they actually just treat it like a everyday thing? If they just treat every day and just get used to setting a standard and not going below it, then that's much more effective than, because a goal is up in the air. It's something you look up to, something you pedestalize. So then no wonder you don't achieve it. But then when you just see it as a standard, something that you're on the same level as on or below, then no wonder you're working it out. Like we all have certain standards in our head, whether we're conscious of it or not, from things like down to, again, take it from Sam Ovens, but things like how clean your room is, how well you eat, how often you train, how much you priced your offer, for example. All right, so we all have these standards and what we think we deserve and what you know we think is out of reach. But if you just take those goals, bring it down to your level, and then you kind of force yourself to figure it out from there. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. You're going to catch up to those new standards. You just have to give it time and consistency. You just have to like grow into it. That's what I found. So maybe there's some force that needs to be applied in the beginning, but that's completely fine. Like people see it as a wrong thing. People think, oh, it just has to come to me. I just have to use law of attraction and manifest it. But no, you just, especially if you're starting out, if you don't have the reps, you kind of just have to, for, not not like fake it till you make it, but you really just have to out-rep it. You just have to use force in the beginning. That's what I had to do. That's what I had to do. So, and then now it's like becoming a standard. So for example, the first time I invested in something was this like Instagram growth course. And I invested it, like, again, when I was young, when I was in middle school, so it was a lot of money at the time, understandably. And it was only for like $200. But again, it was a lot of money for me. I didn't have much in my bank account. But um, yeah, so when I made that investment, it was, yeah, I was, I was shaking, palms were sweaty. I was super nervous about it, if it was going to work out or not. And I remember vividly, it was on sale too. It was going for like $400, but uh, it was like a 50% off sale. So 
I wanted to take advantage of that and, and move with it. But still, $200 was, was a lot of money for me at that time, but it worked out. So then now, you know, you look onto bigger things, you look into, okay, like that's why people who invest in, you know, $25,000 masterminds, they always seem to make, make it back tenfold. They always seem to just keep climbing the ladder and just, you know, it just keeps going up from them, right? And then $200 just feels like chump change in a way. Well, at least, at least that's where it got to me. That's where it, that's the level it got. So what are some of your standards for doing things? Yeah. Well, basic standards is just like, it's a loaded question. It's quite a lot. So you obviously hit, you know, workout X amount of times per week. Right now I'm doing martial arts. I'm trying to get better at that. So I, I show up and, and learn my way there. In terms of business, you've got your sort of KPIs. Just hit them every day. Make sure you don't miss a day. Just taking, a lot of it is the simple stuff too. It's just like, just be consistent. Know what you want and get after it. Don't accept anything less. You know, stay healthy, stay fit. And then if you find yourself, you know, you're going down a downward spiral and you catch yourself, you just you run with it. And I think a lot of it, a lot of it comes down to like the type of people you surround yourself with. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I think a lot of it comes down to the people you surround yourself with too. Because if you're if you start hanging around let's say your goal is 30k a month you start hanging around people who make that and more again like it's going to feel weird in the beginning but then it just becomes a new normal so then you start feeling weird okay you kind of feel uneasy okay i'm not that one here is making 30k a month and more and they treat it like it's nothing but then i'm here i'm, I'm making less than that i'm making a fraction of that what do i need to do to catch up to these guys and then your brain just figures this, the rest out and then you just stick to it, then it's going to happen short, slowly but surely. So, yeah, so a lot, a lot of it is like, and it's not, not just about money, too, obviously, it's about other things in life. But yeah, I find a lot of it is people too who you surround yourself with. It rubs off on you, it's like osmosis. Well, it's, it's science in, uh, in school, you know what that is. How, how do you find those type of people to keep around you? Um, how do you find those people? I'll tell you what I did because I, I only want to speak from, I only want to speak about things from experience. I don't want to, I will, I try, I'm trying to make a conscious effort to just speak about things from experience, not really, you know, taking it from someone and then running with it. How I personally did it was just, it comes back to investing in yourself. It comes back to, you know, putting yourself in rooms that, that rooms where people you want to be like, who has the life that you want, get it, finding a way to get in those rooms. And usually the most common way is going to be, you know, something, you know, nothing in life is free. So yeah, if you have, I don't know, if you have a, some money sitting in the bank account, but you know, you're destined for more, you know, you want to get into that mastermind, that group, that mentorship program with the community, you're bound to find some people who are on the same wavelength as you. So if you just bite the bullet, you get into those rooms and then get interacting, you see how you can provide value to these people. Even if you're a complete new, right? it doesn't matter. If you can just find a way to provide some sort of value in people, because there's always something that, there's always going to be something that you know more about that other people don't. And then it goes two ways too. So that's why you listen. That's why you, you know, you know, yeah, that's why you listen. That's why you, you sit back and you just, you know, listen to them. And then however you can find, however you can give value to them, you do it without expectation. 
So what I did just throughout these years, like all, again, it all started from middle school, just getting into habit of investing in myself, trying to find ways to, you know, trying to think, okay, where are the type of people I want to surround myself with? Where are they hanging out? And then putting myself, positioning myself to get in front of them. So that becomes easier. And then, yeah, just giving value without expecting anything in return. Trying to find different ways to do that and get creative with it too. Um, and then from there on, you know, they'll, they'll catch on. They'll like what you're doing. And then trust me, karma is a real thing. That's what I believe. I think karma is real. So it's going to come back to you one way or another. Sometimes it's in unexpected ways. Sometimes it's the way exactly that you expect. So, yeah. Yeah, because I, I definitely found relationships are built, networks, connections are built through an exchange of value. And I think all relationships in general, not just like business-based relationships. And I feel this is like a topic that there are people that don't like talking about it. Like you will say the relationship between you and your family is still an exchange of value. People don't like thinking like that, but the truth is it is. But it's not, there are many sorts of value. Like it's not just financial value. It's not just making you more money. That's not the only type of value there is. Yeah. Like, but sadly, a lot, a lot of people think that's, that's the only type of value there is. They say, oh, give value. And that's all that comes to their mind. That's not, that's not the only type of value. Like your parents, your family, whatever, they provide another sort of value. Your girlfriend, your wife, whatever she probably provides a different type of value. It's not all money. It's not, if you don't make money for me, you're not providing value for me. That's not how it works. It's different. So you have to, like your friends, not all your friends are going to help you make money. Not all your friends are going to make you, you know, better in, help your business. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I'll still keep, the, the guys I met in university, I still keep them around. Because, yeah, okay, maybe they're not on the same... It doesn't matter if they're on the same wavelength or not. It's their life to do what they want. But they make me laugh. But every time I see them, we have a great-ass time. So, of course, I'm going to keep them around. Of course, I'm going to keep them around if they want to... And if they want to, you know, they get inspired by what you do and want to be a part of it, put them on. Put them on, too. Literally, later on tonight, I have a call with a guy who I went to university with. He's just been seeing the things that I've been doing, and he, you know, he's just been very inspired. At least from my point of view, he's been pretty inspired about it, and he wants to get some direction how to get into, in this case, appointmenting, how to actually start working remotely, how to actually break out, you know, the traditional nine to five, and then learn a skill, leverage it, so on and so forth. So I literally have a meeting with him in a couple, a couple hours, and I'm going to have a nice, just a nice organic chat with him. Because it's been a while. He's a great guy. And I, yeah, I can't wait to see what happens with that. Because he, I know he's going to kill it if he just puts his mind to it. So opportunities like that, dude, it, it'll come around. It's just like, it, it's a bit of a sigh I think people are starting to realize that you don't need to cut off. I think my only criteria when you should cut people off is if they're, you know, they're not adding any sort of value whatsoever, not just money too, but if, if that's happening, plus if they're just not being a good person in general, toxic and envious right it's just those sort of, those sort of hygiene standards but other than that like, like hit my dms cool good would love to catch up i don't mind so good because yeah it's like 
to me, there are like two things that will make me cut someone out. One is, again, they have like a char- there's a character problem, and like you know, either the way they act is you know you know what I mean. And then secondly, it's like they're not providing any sort of value. So they're not providing so value for my health. They're not providing value for social relationships, happiness, fulfillment, uh, religion, you know, business, whatever. Like they're not providing value in any way. Then, you know, fine, I can cut them. I'll still be friendly. I'll still be nice, you know, whatever. But it's not like I'll I'll start being some angry, angry guy. But, you know, like... If you're not adding any sort of value, then yeah, like I won't keep you around. Funny enough, there was actually, there was a cousin of mine who he he wants to get into sales. He just finished secondary school, going into uni next year. And the hell is that? So he just finished uni. He just finished secondary school, wants to get into uni and like, he was asking me how how does he start in business? How does he start in whatever? And I told him sales. Sales is probably the best thing. Funny enough, I, I recommended your videos. I said go watch your videos. How to get into appointment setting? <laughs> get that kind of thing. Told him all my. You're too kind. <laughs> no, bro, but like like I even told you earlier, like my whole setters team with one of my businesses, I told them to go through go through your course. It's like. The information and everything is packaged well. So, you know, what advice would you give him for getting into sales, getting into appointment setting? As someone with no experience in anything, just finished high school. Okay. Here we go. Let's uh, get into the source here. I'll speak on, we'll go from A to, A to Z. We'll go from, so dude has no experience, hasn't got a position, doesn't know what the hell to do, he just wants to know where to start. So we'll go from that. As long as, so here's something I learned. I was on a group coaching call uh, last week with, with the guy I work with, and he brought on a guest. You might have seen it on my story. You probably know who he is. But uh, yeah, he, he spent some game. Solid two hours, changed my life that call. And one of the things he said in regards to, you know, finding a position and actually making yourself useful to business owners who they want to hire you on, it really just comes down to a couple of things. It's going to come down to to volume, it's going to come down to volume in the right things. Because like you could be, for example, you could be on fucking Reddit. Like I'm sure Reddit works. You could be on Reddit, and you think that's the best way to hunt for a setting position. You, you hit like 500 messages deep, reaching out to business owners or people who might you think might be interested in. You hit a wall, nothing's happening. Okay, that's where you pivot. Try something else, right? So volume, but also the fact that you need to be channeling it in the right direction. So look at things like, I know it works for you personally. That's why I say to him. So let's start with landing the position, right? Do stupid amounts of volume. You need to, bro, the amount of people that are trying to get into this game just as much as him is a joke. It's a joke nowadays. So he needs to realize that and he needs to outwork them. Outwork them. He needs to outrep them. So he needs to be hitting more DMs. He needs to be finding way, finding more ways to get their attention. 
And then the quality trade. So I'll say what the guest speaker on my group coaching call last week said. The things, the main things that, that, that business owners are looking for nowadays when it regards to hiring a setter or a closer is they just want to trust you. They want the confidence that you're not going to fuck up their business. If you come into it, they want you to be coach, coachable and they want you, they want to know, they want that reassurance that you're going to be willing to do whatever it takes. So it's those four things. It's, you know, you're not going to fuck up the business. You're not going to, you know, you're coachable. Whatever they tell you to do, they already know you're going to implement it, right? They're not going to fuck around. Um, what was the other one? Doing whatever it takes, right? Because most people, they talk a good talk. They talk a good talk. They say they want this and that, but they don't actually, especially when things get hard. They, that's when they start to, you know, to fall off. So they want that reassurance to that it's not going to happen to you. And then the last thing, which I forgot, but it's recorded, so we can go back to that. But yeah, it's just those three things, man. If you could convey that through when you speak to these business owners, then it gives you a massive shock compared to everyone else who's trying to get into the space. And they're just talking about me, me, me. Oh, I, I do this. Like, yeah, that's cool. You have experience. It's cool. But are you going to be... Are we actually going to get along? Are we actually going to vibe when you're, once you're in the team? Right? Would you actually be beneficial to to the business in general? Because you could have all the experience in the world, but let's say you have a massive ego. That's going to destroy it either way. It doesn't matter how much, how many millions of closed deals you've done. We just want you to come in, not fuck up the business. And if it, if it does happen, but you tried your hardest, okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, part ways. It's nothing personal. You want to be coachable and you want to be doing whatever it takes. And always improving and looking for ways to, to better your craft. So uh, that's what I'd say to that guy. Dude. So cool. You land a position now. You've done everything I just said. Now you gotta okay. You gotta see if the offer is actually good. If it's legit, because most of the time, a lot of people are in shitty offers, but they actually have potential. They actually are really good. I've experienced this a lot with our guys. Is they'll. It takes about seven to eight offers sometimes. Sometimes less, sometimes more. But we found it's around six, seven, even eight offers until they find the, the dream offer, the, the one that works for them. And the one that actually starts making them decent commission, decent money consistently. So some of the ways, some of the red flags that I, at least I've seen in offers is, you know, no, no client testimonials or no there's no proof that they're actually helping, that the program works, the offer works. So you need to be on the lookout for client testimonials, any case studies, even look into the type of clients they're working with and see if they're actually real people or not. Because people, I just found this out recently, um, people will actually pay others to make fake testimonials, to make fake case studies, which is kind of, kind of, kind of wrong, to be honest. I don't like that. But, that's, that's what they do. So you need to check in, make sure they're, make sure the offer is good. Firstly, make sure the offer is good. You know, and a lot of it will actually come down to gut feeling. What does your gut tell you? Do you just think, just from face value, do you think this is actually a legit offer? Do you believe what they actually say? Or is it the other way? And if it's the other way, you're probably right, to be honest. So, yeah, that's, you've done that now. You know, you have that reassurance that you're in a good offer, or at least a, a, a decent offer where you can get your foot in the door. Because if you're starting out, fair enough. You can't have the best of everything. You have to start somewhere. Even if that's like an outbound setting offer. 
That's pretty common. There's nothing wrong with it. Everyone has to do it. I'm sure you're used to you're used to the being in the, tre- the trenches and sending like cold DMs to the people getting shot down or getting cussed out. But everyone has to go through that. I went through that. But then you just work your way up. Because then now, let's say you've done that offer for a couple of weeks or a month, you leave. Now you have leverage. Now you can actually say, yeah, I have, a, I have decent experience. It just didn't work out because of X, Y, Z reason. And then that puts, again, it's just a, it's just a progression. Nothing's going to happen all at once. It's just a progression. Okay, you go on this offer, you get experience, you get practice, maybe you book a couple of meetings and you get commission. That's great. You leave, you find a better one, and then that turns out to be even better. Again, another one, maybe it's pretty shit. And it just, it just goes from there, dude. And then that's also going to help with your confidence too. Because now you have, you're not lying about, okay, I've, I know how to book meetings. I've done it before. I know I can make money in this. I know it works for me personally. So when you come on that interview with the next business owner, with that star offer, then you're good. You're going to sense that you should be good to go. Yeah, that's why I'd say to him, dude. I, I just say to him, the beginning is always the hardest. But you just have to use sports in the beginning. Get uh, in front of as many people as possible. Always be hanging out. And then, yeah, just build your experience up through there. And then you go from there. And you just don't give up. You just do whatever it takes. What about in terms of, like, getting placement, getting that first offer with, you know, no experience, no connections? I mean, I can, I can probably connect him with someone, but I don't want to connect someone who has no experience probably not good at setting to some of the connections that i have so i'm probably not going to help him in terms of connections so yeah no connections no experience how do you get a set a, set a job yeah like i said you have to get scrapping with it in the beginning so i've got videos uh, you can link my youtube channel you can go watch it i've got videos on how to land a position or where to find business owners who would potentially be willing to give you a position. So go on social media. So the things I talk about in that video or those videos is you want to, you know, Instagram is something that it's always been proven and tested, in, in my opinion. Again, you've got to find out what works for you, but things like Instagram, things like Facebook groups, and I'll get into Facebook groups in, in a minute because there's this debate that it's all scammy. So Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, just yeah, just see what just see what works, what sticks, right? And then one thing that people don't—I tell this all the time—but it doesn't seem to get through. Tap into your own network. So that's kind of okay. Your brother's, well, not your brother. Your your friend is—is is that is your friend or your brother? So I, I kind of lost. Your cousin, okay, <laughs> okay, no, your cousin, your cousin. He's already got you and he's got the network. Okay, cool. But that's fine because he doesn't have experience yet, understandably. So, but I'll tell people all the time, tap into your own network because there's going to be someone who knows someone, who probably knows someone who's looking for, who'd be willing to take him on. All right. So what does that actually look like tangibly? Okay. Join Discord groups. I mean, if they're free, join just any sort of communities, any sort of groups. If you know someone who's in business, Ask them if you know anyone. Whenever you do your outreach, right, this is a big one. 
you do your outreach and say they say no. What you want to say at the end though is just like, hey, like I appreciate your time. Like, no worries. I'm just have a great day. If you do know someone who's looking for, like I said, or a closer or has a position, uh, we'd really appreciate if if we make that connection. Uh, not everyone's going to do it, but if you add the, that finishing touch at the end, it opens up a few more doors uh, instead of just like leaving it at that. So, yeah, I, I got videos in that. It's just like I got my own Instagram method and how to find positions. You know, you look up, let's say, you want to work for a coach, an online coach, type in coach in the search bar on Instagram, a bunch of them are going to come up, and then you just hit them up. You go ham, you look through their followers, the following, because everyone's pretty connected. Coaches know other coaches. So if you go into their following list, if you go into their likes or comments, you get scrappy with it, then you're going to find other people doing the same thing, and then you go reach out to them, and then they're going to know their own people. And like soon enough, you're going to realize that it's like all these positions are abundant. So uh, that's what it's up time to do. But well, again, it comes back to getting scrappy with it, just out repping everyone, because everyone's probably going to be doing the same thing as you. But what they're not going to be doing, what's going to set you apart from them, is how much of it are you actually going to do? How many faces are you willing to actually get in front of people? That's what I'd say. Hope that helps. I hope he's watching this too. I hope he's going to watch this too. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll send it to him. Make sure it's, he watches this. And because I told him, you know, getting a sales job is probably the same as getting clients. So in terms of getting clients, there are like four main things. Most other things fall into one of these four. So there's code outreach, warm outreach, content, and ads. And I say like those are basically the four for getting clients, and as well as getting positions so code outreach is like dm coaches whatever on pitching yourself if you can get a position as a setter warm outreach is through your network through people that you know asking them hey do you know anyone do you look for a setter and that type of thing then you can also do content which is like on twitter a bunch of sales dudes on twitter and then inbound leads come through that oh bro bro i'm glad you brought that up I'm so bad you brought that up. I completely almost forgot that. Yeah, didn't mean to cut you off, but man, I could go into I could go into branding, bro. That's been such a huge difference. That's been that's been such a huge difference. I'm glad you brought that up because I nearly forgot. Uh, yeah, just yeah, we'll get into that. You, you continue. Yeah, and then there's like paid ads, which is paying people for. In this case, like paid ads, I guess would be marketing yourself. Asking people for paid referrals, paid whatever, paid connections, that type of thing. I think that would probably fall under paid ads. So, yeah. How do you build a brand as a sales dude? Oh, thank you. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, how do you build a brand as a sales dude? Uh, I mean, a lot of it is just... It's a, it can be, it's literally as simple... As I know, I know everyone says it all the time, but document the journey. So, what does that actually mean? You document the journey, whatever you're doing right now, doesn't matter where you're at, don't have any imposter syndrome about it, just own where you're at right now. You're a beginner, you're starting out, just whip your phone out, make some content about it, and then post it. 
that's it. That's, people get hung up on what documenting the journey is. They get hung up on different brand archetypes and all this, all this shit. Because you've got to realize there's only, like, what, what was the saying? It was like, so there's only one of you, right? No one is the best at being you than you. But, and you can't be the best at being someone else than someone else. That's why people, that's why I find it weird. Well, I used to do it too. I was pretty guilty. With it. I tried to, you know, copy other people and try to do what they're doing, trying to copy their, their source. But you have to carve your own source out. So what you're going to find is if you do that, if you're just authentic about where you are right now, people are actually going to gravitate towards that. People are actually going to realize, oh, okay, this guy's pretty unique. He's got his own life experiences. Maybe I, I relate to that too. I was once in his position. Then you give him a shot and you actually get connected with him. So it's as simple as, in terms of content, right? It's just as simple as saying, what, even as simple as saying what you're doing right now. Oh, I'm trying to be in the DMs for five hours. We're going to get there. We're going to find this. Uh, we're going to land some interviews this week. Let's get it. Right? Post that on Twitter. Post what you're doing on a daily life. Okay, what are you doing outside of business? Are you actually a cool or relatable person? Just be authentic. So when I was on, when I first started YouTube about two years ago, two, three years ago, I didn't know what I was doing. You can look back at my old videos. I'm still embarrassed to watch them sometimes, but it, it just figures itself out. I was just saying what I, what I learned. Like, here's three tips to do X, Y, Z. My experience so far with X, Y, Z. And I just post it. I'd be consistent. I'd show up every day. Because you're going to think at first, okay, no one's actually going to listen to me. But there is going to be someone out there. doesn't matter which part of the world. They will be listening. You just have to believe in that and carry through with it. So you get into that. You get into the groove. You start documenting your journey, telling people about yourself. And then they're going to come to their own conclusion and you're also building your audience, you're getting in front of more people in the process. And then people will start coming to you. That's where the inbound leads come from. I hopped on this other offer. I'm still on it right now. Dude's making like, before he came to me, he was doing 80K a month. He was in a pretty, I wouldn't say untapped. I just never heard about the niche before. It's like land investing. It's like real estate, but instead of houses, it's with vacant land. So I heard that's pretty big. And he came to me, actually, honestly, the reason I got on his offer was because he saw my YouTube channel. So he was the one who actually slid in first. And then, yeah, one thing led to another, and uh, we helped him hit a record month. So that turned out well. But that wouldn't have happened if I wasn't documenting the journey for these past two to three years. It doesn't have to be YouTube, too. It could be Instagram, Twitter, whatever you feel most comfortable with. You just put it out. And the point is, dude, it's just you get, it, you get yourself out of online. You don't care about looking stupid because that's what's going to happen when you give it. But the ones who find success with their brand and actually grow it, we're just willing to go through that initial phase. Like it's nothing. They don't take it personally. They just stuck with it and then things just start to work out from there. That's what I, yeah, that's, that, those, are my, those are my two cents on the building a brand. You just got to own the fact where you are right now and just know it's going to get better, but you just got to own it right now. And you just got to be willing to share it with other people. Even if family thinks this, you're going to laugh at you. Even if friends from high school think you're going to laugh, like you're going to laugh at you. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. It's fine. Do you have any like coaching program or anything that you run? Yeah, I'm setting right now for so my business partner and my friend and I help him out with the, the mentorship program. And it's pretty much, it's pretty much just like 
helping people get into the space, helping them find a position using the stuff that we use all the time. It's bulletproof, it's tested. Finding a position either through different types of outreach, our own, well, our own type of outreach, and also getting them placed in a business that's in our network. And then from there, we train you up, get you extremely competent in appointment setting. And we do live calls, we do unlimited one-on-one calls on demand. So all that good stuff. I'm not going to get too much into it, but we'll train you up in setting and sales so that not only are you competent, you're also in a good position now. So you earn your stripes there, start making your first few commissions, and then you scale from there. If you want to get into sales, go for it. We'll train you up on that as well. If you want to go do your own thing as well, maybe you have a passion project and you know, that required some cash flow to start, which you didn't have in the beginning, but now you have, we'll also help you with that. So that's what we're doing at the moment. It's got about 35, no, I'm up to 60 students now. 60 students, tons of case studies that I can even, yeah, bro, it's, it's crazy what we're building. It's insane. One of the guys, I'll tell you something. So one of the guys in the program, his name's Adam, he used to do a nine to five cold call at the start of the year. He's been doing that for a couple of years now. And he wanted to transition out of that. He knew there was more more potential to grow. And then he came across he never heard of high ticket sales before. So he came across our content, and I thought it was high ticket sales, decided to hop on a call, hopped in the program. In the beginning, yeah, we go through that phase where we're trying to find a good offer. But then he found his offer and it was up from there. He was making like, he went from freaking, I forgot how much he was making out of his old period, but it wasn't a lot. He went from that and he's only like 19. I think he's only like, yeah, he's only like 19. He went from that, he's now pulling in, he just left the offer, but now pulling in like 14, 15K months with that closing offer. And then he's gone to the point where he left our offer, he decided to work with us. And now he's one of the coaches and the closers full-time for our, our mentorship program, which is insane. They're all hanging out in real life too. He's in Vegas now on the team. So it's funny. You can take someone who comes in, don't know us, just a student. And then because he did so well, that's why we see the, we see the potential. We brought him on as a team member and now he's doing it full-time with us. Freaking amazing. Amazing moments. I need to meet that guy in real life. I need to head up. Might need to head up to Vegas. You know, sixteen-hour flight. Well, how, how long have you guys been running that program? Since since October. So what is it now? August. What's that then? Ten months. Yeah, ten months. We like to end this podcast by getting the last guest as well as the audience to ask a question to the next guest without knowing who that next guest will be. So a question from you from the last guest is what is your definition of success? Well, we're hitting a beat today, aren't we? Success, bro. Um, my definition of success, and again, I'm only 20. Uh, it could change over time, but as of now, my definition of success is whatever you have in mind, whatever, however you want to live your life. If you're living it exactly that way, and in the way that you know you want to live it, not success, right? Not everyone wants to become a six-figure agency owner. Not everyone wants to become handsome. Not everyone wants to, <laughs> not everyone wants to, you know, get shredded. 
Maybe they want to get, maybe they want to be on roids. I don't know. Maybe they want to be on roids. They want to look blown up. But I think success is, yeah, like I said, whatever you have in mind, however you want your life to look like, if you can get as close to that as possible, then that's success, in my opinion. It's not always about, like we talked about, it's not always about the money. It's not always about the fame. It's about how what you personally want and how close are you to actually getting to that point. And then let's say you get to that point. Okay, what do you want now? You get to that point. And that's success in my books. So I hope that answers the question. What's your de- definition of success, Anwar? Let's put, let's, uh, go on, let's put you on the spot. What's your definition? My, my definition of success... My definition of success would be <laughs> uh, my definition of success would be it's hard, it's hard to define success without using the word success. Uh, Good, but whatever it, whatever it is, that's the beauty about it. It's like there's no right or wrong. I would say it's you, what your goals are, succeeding in those, which is like accomplishing your goals. If you set a target, hitting that target is success in that sort of thing. But if someone says success in general, like successful life, what would you call a successful life, a successful person? I would say it's someone who has hit the targets that they have set. Whatever those targets may be, they are successful. So that, that, that answers your, your reverse question. <laughs> reverse question. <laughs> Uno switch. No, that, that's good. Yeah, I think we, we agree. <laughs> we agree both. Yeah. Good night. I like it. So what would you like to ask the next guest? Uh, I mean... You don't have to tell me who it is, but like what, what sort of, again, it's my first time hopping on the podcast. And yeah, I appreciate, I appreciate you Anwar, for uh, this platform. Uh, I just found out, I just, I literally just found out because I thought you were just doing agency. I, know, I actually didn't know you had a podcast just to be frank with you. So like what kind of people hop on? Just like entrepreneurs or just so I know what to base my question around. Mostly, mostly business guys. My question for the next guest would be it would be give me a minute trying to make this as good as possible for the next person my next my next question for them I think it would be how do you how what's their way of setting new standards right because I'll, I'll be frank with you. It's something I've, you can see I'm struggling with. It. Well, something I'm trying to work on at the moment because uh, in the past, I do have a bad tendency to get complacent sometimes. It's getting better for sure, but I just want to know from the next guest, okay, reach a certain level. How do you not let yourself stay, stay complacent, stay comfortable for too long and just keep, keep shooting up? What's their way of, yeah, what's their mental model of setting a new standard and what's, how do they actually do that in, in their books? What did they actually do and how do they actually just keep it going? 
So I hope, yeah, I hope that makes sense. I think in, in summary, the question is, what's your way of setting your standards? How do you not get comfortable? Makes sense. I think like I, I would, how I set my standards. I think it's mostly on what I need to do. So I think there are like two, two sub questions in that. So I think there's, there's the, what's your way of setting higher standards? And then there's the, how do you not stay complacent? Not staying complacent to me is the easier one to handle because like it, you need to not be complacent, then you can set new standards. So you address that one first, in my opinion. So like for me, it would be not staying complacent. The key to that, I believe is having a goal or target that you want really badly. So if that's like, you really want to retire your parents, you really want to do this, then that's what keeps you from staying complacent because you haven't gotten there yet. So that would keep you going. For example, like maybe uh, a couple months ago when I was making like around 80, 100K per month, like what would stop me from being complacent and be like, all right, let me relax. Let me uh, buy a better apartment, you know, start buying Rolexes, doing a bunch of this, whatever, spending my money. What And what stopped me from doing that and what kept me like, all right, reinvest things back into the business, back focus, back down, sit down, back to work, focus is... I've not reached that level where the goals, the long-term things that I want to achieve, I'm not able to do them yet. So therefore, you know, now is not time to rest. Like I can, I can relax, I can tone down, but not complacent. There's still more to go. So it's not, that's not the game. That's not the end of the game yet. I've not built a hundred million dollar business. I've not built a billion dollar business. You know, there's still more to do. So it's not time to rest. So that that's what helped me. It, does that sort of answer? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it. Yeah. It's either you want it or you don't. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like wanting more, and then on this part of like setting higher standards, what has helped me is like, all right. So now I know. I have more, I have more to go. I have further to go. I have to continue doing more and working more and working harder. So it's like, what am I doing right now? And what do I need to be doing to get there? And usually it comes down to, it can come down to two things or or, or three things maybe. One is I need to improve what I'm currently doing. Let's say two things. One is um, I need to improve what I'm currently doing. So that may be more volume or better quality, quantity and quality. So it can be either of those, it can be both. You know, improve what I'm doing. So what I'm doing right now, all the, all the tasks that I'm doing, I need to improve the volume, I need to improve the quality. If my time is maxed out and, you know, I don't have any more time to keep raising the volume, hire more people to cover volume. It's like, for example, setting appointments with DMs. They're only, you know, with a with limited amount of time, there's only a certain number of DMs you can set. So what do you do to increase volume further? You hire more people to set more DMs. Then you can, you, you've raised the max capacity that you can go. 
So that's in, in terms of volume, in terms of quantity. Then also quality. So I usually find like just improving what you do is usually volume and quantity, um, volume and quality. So improve those. And that's like a higher standard. Or it's, I don't know what next to do, what else to do, which comes down to not knowing what to do, not knowing what to do to move forward, to me comes down to a lack of knowledge. So then it's about mentorships, talking to people who are ahead of me to understand because it's a lack of knowledge. So what do you have to do to solve that lack of knowledge? You have to gain more knowledge. And that comes through talking to people, learning, reading books, whatever. So it's like, all right, do I do those two things. So it's what I'm doing now, increase that. And then what I don't know I need to be doing, consult. And sometimes I've found you don't actually know, you may not be doing something that you need to be doing. Like, for example, when I was, when I started one of my agencies back in, uh, before I shut it down, you know, two months in, first time doing business, I was sending 20 emails a day. And I was like, I'm sending good volume, I'm sending whatever. Then I had a mentorship call with a mentor I had back then. And he was like, you need to be sending at least 200. So that's an example of like a problem that I didn't know I needed to be doing. So sometimes like consulting with people ahead of you would tell you, you need to be doing this when you may not even know you need to be doing that. So you don't even realize the lack of knowledge may be there even if you don't know it's there. If that makes sense. So that would kind of be my answer to the question. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see how the next guest answers that. We'll see what they say. We'll see what they say. They're probably going to be along the same vein. But yeah, we'll see what they say, dude. That's pretty cool. More volume, more quantity, I mean quality. And then if you can't figure out the next, you uh, pay for help. Get, get help, basically. Get help. Yeah. I, I think get, get help should be, like, constant. Because, again, it's like... Yeah, of course. You may need to be doing something that you don't know what you're doing. So it's not like, all right, sometimes you need to be doing something before you even realize that you need to be doing that thing. Before you even realize that there's a gap in your operations. Before you realize that you don't know what next to do there may already be that opportunity to do something next. Makes complete sense, brother. Love it. So a question from the audience. What advice would you give your 17-year-old self on what not to do? I'm 16. Okay. Uh, what not to do? When I was 17, well, what's that? 17? When was that? Okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. I got it now. Okay, 17. What not to do, right? Yeah. Okay, what not to do. Uh, what would I not do? Or what would I wish I've not done? I think it goes back down to uh, trying to fill one bucket and then not filling the others. I'd say that. Because I remember now, if I, when I was 17, that was when uh, lockdown hit. And then... Yeah, you could make the argument it restricted a lot of things I could have done, but that's not an excuse. Just got to fill all the buckets. At that time, 
think I was just focusing on well, health, which is good. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. But you got to fill the other buckets too. I wasn't making. I think I was at zero. Yeah, I was at zero at the time. Um, I didn't have any other hobbies apart from the gym. Uh, you know, my again, wasn't really nurturing my family relationships and relationships with others. Didn't have a ton of friends. Well, I, I did have friends, but like it wasn't. Again, it goes back down to me seeing myself as an introvert, someone who found it hard to make friends. So I didn't really work on that. And again, yeah, it was COVID at the time, but it was always something you could be doing. And then I wasn't, there's just a lot of things I wasn't doing. So I wish I'd done, I guess to answer that question, you need to be doing more. You need to be doing anything and everything under the sun, seeing what you like, seeing what you don't like, filling the other buckets in life. And then you can go from there. Because experience is the best teacher. Even if it doesn't matter how old you are, what you've gone through is going to teach you more than almost anything. Right? You, you come to your own conclusions. You see what works for you personally. So what I wish I would have done, and I wish I, what I would have not done when I was 17, was be so, be so um, isolated, be so narrow-minded to new things. Uh, and neglecting the other buckets in life. That's what I'd say. Matt, it's been great having you. What do you have coming up that the people watching can look forward to? Yeah, um, again, Anwar, appreciate you. Likewise, I appreciate you having me on. I've only done a handful of podcasts. Maybe this is like my second one or third one. But yeah, it was a pleasure. I hope the audience finds it valuable. What I have coming up, I'm going to be shooting more content again. Uh, so the guys who've been following, I appreciate their patience. Content is going to be back to regular schedule. In terms of the program, we've got some big things coming up, which I'll be updating on my Instagram. So if you guys want to follow, it's uh, Matt Jacob. Uh, yeah, it's Matt Jacob. Yeah, Matt Jacob. You'll link it down below. You'll be seeing it there. Um, and then apart from that, dude, it's just onwards and upwards. Just new standards, new goals, getting, trying, trying to get more out of life. And then, I don't know, this might be my new home base. I'm in Philippines right now. I was considering moving around, but one of the things I liked was um, I actually prefer staying in one spot for an extended period of time instead of trying to jump around, you know. It's, uh, it's more, it's easier to manage that way and concentrate better that way. So, you know, who knows? This might be my new home base. I was only planning to stay here for a couple of months, but uh, we'll see what happens. So, Yeah. Exciting stuff. What about you? Um, mine, volume and quality. If I'm ever in Malaysia, I'll give you a shout. Definitely, bro. Definitely would like to link up. But yeah, on my side, it's probably just volume and quality. Just more more of what I'm <laughs> currently doing. Nice. So where can the people watching find you? You can hit me up on Instagram, Matt Jacob. Hit me up on YouTube. Matt Jacob as well. It's just my name. YouTube. Um, so those two, those are the two main things. And if you do want to find out more about the mentorship program, it's called the Renaissance Closer. Used to be a different name, but uh, now it's Renaissance Closer. So helping people, despite their experience, despite whatever, get into this point appointment setting space, get into sales, and actually do it the right way. 
So if you're interested in learning more about that, link will be put somewhere. This is going on YouTube, right? Or wherever. It's going to be put. I'll send him the link and then you guys can hop on a call and uh, we'll, we'll see if it's the right, if it's genuinely the right fit for you and if it makes sense. Because we want to help you as much as that. We want to help you guys as much as we can. And it doesn't matter regardless if, uh, yeah, however, whatever you need help with, we'll help you with that. I know this space is growing a lot. So more people are looking for the right way to do it as opposed to not just what to do. So, yeah, those is where you can find me. Look forward to speaking to you guys soon. And, uh, yeah, it was a pleasure, Anwar. Appreciate you. Pleasure, bro. I appreciate you taking your time. Appreciate the conversation. I also learned quite a lot. Your story, your journey is really interesting. I like learning about stories and journeys and mindsets and those interesting stuff. But, yeah, it's been great having you, bro. Yes, sir. Like, comment, subscribe. Cheers, bro.